Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. NCUA. What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the state of California. Good afternoon. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS political reporter and host of the state of California. Well, former President Trump is back in the center spotlight of American politics this week after being found liable for sexual abuse in a civil trial in New York and appearing at his first televised town hall of the 2024 election in a controversial appearance on CNN. A jury in New York found that plaintiff E. Jean Carroll proved that Trump did sexually abuse and forcibly touch her in a department store dressing room, charges the former president still vehemently denies. But the jury did not find enough evidence to prove Mr. Trump raped Ms. Carroll, as she claims. But the jury did order Trump to pay her $5 million in damages. He says he will appeal the verdict. This comes as the latest poll showed Trump leading President Biden in a potential rematch. And Mr. Biden's popularity has plummeted to an all-time low. California is set to play a huge role in next year's election with an early primary that will force contenders to spend a lot of time and money here to win the state's mother load of nominating delegates. For more on the impact of this week's verdict against Mr. Trump, we're joined today on the KCBS Ring Central Newsline by Dr. Anna Sampaio, professor of ethnic studies and political science at Santa Clara University and an expert on gender politics, among other things. Thank you so much for being with us again. Oh, it's always great to talk with you. All right. So former President Trump continues to blast this verdict as a witch hunt. It's a Marxist jury. It's a city dominated by Democrats. None of the evidence is true. George Soros is behind it all, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the fact remains, he's been found liable. Uh, we we can't say guilty or convicted because uh, this is a civil case, not a criminal trial. But a jury found unanimously that he committed sexual assault. Will this have any impact politically? Does it not matter to his voters at all? Yeah, it's a, it's a really important question. I think that the trial and the coverage itself will give him a short-term boost, um, in particularly in the primary as he's appealing to more far right-wing voters. Um, you know, he'll probably use this in fundraising. In fact, I think he already has. And this appeal to a kind of aggressive masculinity is really on brand with him, his base of voters. But it's the, really the general election that I think he and both the general Republican Party have to be worried about. The way in which this plays, particularly for independent voters, for women voters, um, he has historically lagged in both of those groups. He, um, in the latest ABC New polls, has been lagging in a particular class of women voters that I know um, his campaign is worried about. And it's likely to impact that class of voters, but even more so, it's the cumulative effect of both this particular uh, verdict, along with the indictment and the ongoing investigations that continue to kind of bear fruit, that is likely to, again, bear fruit during the general election and has to worry the GOP. Yeah, you touched on a few things I want to ask about a little more. Um, you know, we we have heard some voices from the Republican establishment, senators, members of Congress, expressing concern and weariness about all the baggage Trump brings to 2024. Could you see some sort of critical mass that pressures him to, to, to bow out? Or do you think the GOP is still too afraid of his base to risk antagonizing it? 
Yeah, that is a, a big concern. It's, you know, clearly you saw some voices that were critical on this, which is, you know, surprising given that they were virtually no critical voices after the indictment. So some critical voices are emerging, um, but obviously the leaders in the field are worried about angering Trump's base, not so much Trump. I don't think anybody imagines that the GOP is going to have any weight in pushing him out. You know, I can even imagine something like is if he loses the primary, he's going to come back and try to burn down the entire Republican establishment. He is not going to go nicely into the, you know, into the dark. Um, so I, I don't see them being able to push him out, but I do see, and, and frankly, I think that there's going to be a real problem because these kinds of things are going to play right into the base of voters that he wants to for the primary. I do think that the Republican Party, though, is in an incredibly vulnerable position if they don't coalesce around some other candidate, be it DeSantis, uh, you know, be it Nikki Haley, obviously a long shot in this case. But unless there is some movement towards an alternative candidate, the GOP is setting themselves up for the general election to be in a really problematic space. Well, what effect do you think this case in particular, and as you said, there's others coming in New York City and Georgia, um, will have on the suburban women voters that Republicans really need to win back in 2024? Yeah, I, I, it does. It creates a liability for that particular class of voters. I mean, it, it already calls to question, you know, his... Um, not just his favorability, but his electability, his, uh, you know, his his ability to kind of present himself as a statesperson and represent the entire country. Um, but these gender issues, again, cumulatively, these gender issues have have really come in strongly in the 2020 election in ways that they weren't, they were there in 2016. Let's, you know, be real. We all saw and heard the Access Hollywood tapes. Um, but now we have not only multiple accusations, there were witnesses that were also brought up during the Eugene Carroll trial that came forward to talk about, you know, this forms of sexual assault. But we also have an ongoing national discussion about the attacks on reproductive rights that right. are still continuing and that are still wearing and weighing on women across the country, including suburban women, including women with children. And so I, I do think that this adds to that um, wall of effect for those particular group of voters. You know, you talked about his vulnerability in a general election, but new polls this week show President Biden Less popular than ever, record low approval ratings trailing Trump head to head, despite you know a lot of economic improvement and a decent track record to run on. Voters just can't seem to get over Biden's age and their sense that he, he's too old. They want someone new. Now, Trump is obviously not someone new. He's only four <laughs> years younger and he's already been president. But how does Biden overcome that or is his best hope really just to be running against Trump again? Oh, I definitely think his best hope is to run against Trump. But I think that one of the, the bigger issue for Biden right now, there's two issues. One is the state of the economy, which frankly isn't as bad as people were forecasting. But the other thing that's going to take Biden several weeks into a bad news cycle is what's happening on the U.S.-Mexico border in the mm -hmm. end end of Title 42. We saw this coming. You know, Biden made some advanced moves to try to forestall this and to, also, and to create an alternative end. But, you know, to no avail. He is the inheritor of a broken immigration uh, policy and system uh, for better or for worse. And he gets to own that right now and does not have a plan that I think is very successful. So he is looking at several weeks of a bad news cycle that I, I think will continue to weigh on those approval ratings. Nonetheless, voters have a short memory, you know, and if they can come up with at least a plan that stabilizes what's happening along the US-Mexico border, they're not going to solve it. But if they can stabilize it, then I think heading to the general election, that will be less of an issue. But I do think in the long run, I am less worried about Biden running against Trump than Biden running against somebody like DeSantis. All right. I'm afraid we're out of time. Thank you so much for being with us. Anna Sampaio, professor of ethnic studies and political science at Santa Clara University. Thanks again for being with us. Thank you.
All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.